and welcome to Big Business Briefs with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. And me, Heather Noble. <laughs> Sorry, I just checking. I didn't know if we were actually recording and I was being... I was interfering with something that's got nothing to do with me. Well, I mean, it would have been um, a real pain in the arse if I'd have, we'd have done an hour and I'd forgotten to record it, yeah. which but has happened before. I'm so. not saying anything. Everything's in hand. That's great. Yes. Anyway, it's us. <laughs> and I've got to apologise. We're recording it on a Thursday, and the Thursdays are the day that I get my new retainer in. And um, yeah, I'm a bit um, spitty, shall we say? <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best to um, to not spit on Heather because that's not very COVID safe. It's it? not. No, it's not. Anywho. What we're we talking about this week? We're talking about mega trends, and um, in particular, an article on PwC's website, which tells you everything you could possibly want to know about five mega trends. And um, what we're talking about here is five global shifts that will reshape the world. And the article, um, in fact, there are a number of pages to. Uh, this article on the PwC website, and it goes into a lot of detail on the implications for organisations and wider society. And I, I just thought it was worth us having a little chat and, and discussing the topics. Yep, absolutely. And the, and as you say, there are five. When you look at the article, there are like five um, icons. So there's rapid urbanisation, climate change and resource scarcity, shifting global economic power, demographic and social change, and technological breakthroughs. Which was the first one that you were drawn to? I just started at the left and worked my way to oh, the did right. You? Yeah, did you? Oh, you went straight into straight a different in one. for demographic and social change. Anything that's okay. got people on it. Okay, I'll scroll down. Oh, right, lovely. Yes. I'm drawn to that now, Heather. <laughs> Tell me, so what was it? Just the picture of the people that you thought, I, I'm, I, I'm going in there. Well, I think I probably played it safe by thinking, okay, what do I know the most about? <laughs> Are you still clear of technological breakthroughs? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm not a biggie on global economic power um, because that's all a bit political for me. But um, but demographic and social change and urbanisation and then the climate change and resource scarcity they're probably the three that would okay so let's start with the actually let's start with why we think it's important to talk about mega trends um you know we might be talking to small business owners or people thinking of starting a business um you know people just generally interested in business so why why should they be bothered about a mega trend well i suppose from my point of view i suppose it's the fact that they even exist is something that most of us don't know about Um, and whether you're running a small business or a large business you will be a human being living on a planet or living in a country and there will be impact of all different parts of that change yes yeah yeah. so i think it starts with and although we've mentioned mega the term mega trends in the past actually the fact that they exist is quite is quite a thing and the fact that you know a massive organization like pwc write a report every year about megatrends it's it's not a fad it's it's something really significant yeah and, and we will will have touched on in and mainstream media will have touched on and i'm sure lots of other places where you get information about business will have touched on 
most of these megatrends before. They might not have called them megatrends. But, for example, picking on the first one that you like the look of, mm. democratic and uh, demographic and social change, uh, we're talking about the rise in population. So according to this report, by 2030, which isn't that far away really, um, the world's population is projected to rise by more than 1 billion. And there are, people are living longer and having fewer children. So what we'll see then is um, an ageing population. Which we've heard talked about before, but it's not until you start to look at the numbers that they're talking about. So that means, you know, 1 billion people as a percentage of the population, you know, that would take it up to over 8 billion. That's, it's not just... It's not just a few people. Here's a Hoover now. Can you hear it? <laughs> I don't, how do we manage to time it so there's a Hoover? We, we do this recording on different days, different times. There always seems to be a Hoover. I know. I, yeah, maybe somebody's working very flexibly. At least you know that Heather's uh, office space it is clean. It's clean. <laughs> but it's at least uh, been Hoovered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, sorry. Back yeah, to so, um, yeah, population. So, that, so the fact that it's a billion taking the global population to over 8 billion it's a significant i can't do the math but you know that's a that's a huge growth within the next eight years yeah and the shift towards the older population and fewer children as well which means who's going to support the older population but from a business point of view knowing that that's the trend for the next eight years if you're thinking of ramping up a business that's focused on young people yeah just bear in mind that the proportion of young people to old people is going to be less it's not saying it's not um, a viable market but it's those sort of considerations isn't it you know that the growing population is the aging population so is there something you need to focus on do you need to be aware of uh, that affects your business or your business idea and I, and I think actually because they're talking about it on a global scale that they also um, are drilling down into how those trends will differ in different countries. So, for example, they're saying that um, the rate of change will happen at different speeds in different parts of the world. Um, So Africa's population is the fastest growing population and it is set to double by 2050. So, you know, anywhere, it doesn't matter what country, if you're going to have twice the number of people in 28 years' time, that's... That's massive, isn't it? That's yeah. that's really significant. And then they go on to talk about um, uh, the average age. So the average age in Japan in 2050 will be 53. Haven't they had a crisis? It's sort of like the people stopped having babies. That's a huge generalisation. Yeah. But in general, people have stopped having... Um, or limiting how many they have. So you, you remember in China, you know, mm. so I think China... I don't was they have, they've, they've have they relaxed, relaxed it now. Yeah. So it was like you were only allowed to have one. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, if you then start to look at, I, I don't know, with women working more, you know, all of those different things, the women can take a career break, again, sweeping generalisations. But it's impacted on the number of people being born. But then in Nigeria, the average age will be 23. Hmm. So it's happening, so you could argue that it's happening in Eastern Asia, but not in Africa. Or one or, particular or, country. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think, it, yeah, it's the detail that they go into is... Um, yeah, is significant, and and they say that okay, so that's inf- that's interesting information. But what's the impact? And a high level message that they say is, in Europe, 
by 2050, there will only be two working age people per one elderly person. Wow, okay. It's not many people, is it? Those two people are paying into the pots that pay the pensions. Yes, yeah. And that's, you know, so when you've paid a pension, it's not just sitting there in a pot. It's relying on the current taxpayers Absolutely. to fund that pension. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest issues. And, and I think that's every, been coming for a while, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and not every one uh, one retired person uh, You know, we're going to pick funded. that up on the, uh, on the recording. Oh, me hitting the table. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Heather's doing a talking with her hands on sorry. the table. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. I, I know what I mean. <laughs> Okay, so the next mega trend that's caught your attention was? So the next one for me, if I had to pick them, was... Rapid urbanisation. There we go, yeah. So today, more than half the world's population live in urban areas and almost all of the new growth will take place in lesser-known medium-sized cities of developing countries. <laughs> I don't know what's going on today, but the lights have just gone out in Heather's office. She's just now banged herself on the desk. It's a comedy of errors. I don't know why we're trying to pass this off as a serious business podcast. It's chaos. <laughs> well, I think chaos. you gave up pretending it was serious a long time ago. <laughs> right, yes. Okay. So, tell me more. <laughs> Um, I mean, we we saw rapid urbanisation during, I didn't see, obviously, I'm old, I'm not that old, uh, but during the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. And that switch from, um, you know, sort of agricultural work into moving into the um, urban areas, into the towns and cities um, to work in industry. And it looks like, you know, that is now... Um, picking up a pace in the developing countries. And and it also has an impact on how those cities then evolve, doesn't it? So those governments of those developing countries have a choice how to grow those urban areas. And there's the sorts of the talk in the article about smart cities and, and enabling interdependent ecosystems, which is a bit beyond my uh, realm of yes, uh, knowledge and understanding. But, yeah, I, I think there's a, it's almost like another industrial revolution, but it's, it's actually happening, um, you know, in the um, smaller-sized cities of developing countries. I mean, they say 85% of glo- global GDP was generated in cities. So... The other 15% is over huge expanses of, of countryside. Hmm. But, and again, we just if we just go back to the UK now and, and our own experience hmm. of it, is that I think there is a bit of a, a push now to not commute quite so much. Uh, now well, people have been working from yeah. home um, and there, there is more of a, well, why do I want to travel into a city yeah. when I can actually do the same? Obviously, not all jobs can be done from your own home um but you know there is more of a a questioning i think attitude of not don't just take it for granted that i will happily commute back into the city but again and and they talk about infrastructure people still want the infrastructure there Hmm. whether or not because might you know you might not need to use it monday to friday when you're working at home but come the weekend and you want to get somewhere it's interesting that is then because if you say take London for example, um, so 
say everybody decides, right, I'm, I'm going to work from home, but I want the infrastructure there for the weekends. How does the how does the cafe, the restaurant owner, the 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 bar, the sandwich shop mm. in the centre of London survive if they're only wanted at the weekends? That's a big shift, isn't it? Well, well yeah, and we've seen some of that through COVID mm. because suddenly all of the coffee shops that people were going out at lunchtime to buy a sandwich and a coffee they either closed down or they had to find other ways of of generating income and. So maybe it's more of the same. I don't. I don't know. It's massive. It's a massive. I, how old will I be in twenty thirty? I'll probably be dead. <laughs> oh no, it's not that long, is it? <laughs> eight years. Oh, I'll try and hold on for eight years. Do I need to find a replacement coaching <laughs> centre quite so soon? <laughs> well, twenty fifty definitely not not applicable. Anyway, which. <laughs> On a, on a cheerier note, let's cheerier talk note. about something else. Yeah, so which um, which area attracted your attention? Okay, so technological breakthroughs, I think. Obviously, we're having technological breakthroughs at faster and faster paces in all areas of life. And I think that, you know, that's only going to get more and it's going to get faster. And I think it also adds towards globalisation, doesn't it? Because technology, as it says in this PwC article, it has no boundaries or borders. You know, it, it's revolutionised already the way that we communicate and the way that we do business. So um, technological breakthroughs in the developed world and the developing world are going to be slightly different, aren't they? Um, I was just reading over your shoulder there, um, only 12% of adults in sub-Saharan Africa have a mobile money account. Well, interestingly enough, compare that to the whole of the globe. Which is 2%. So if you look at that statistic specifically, you can see a reason why 10% more adults in sub-Saharan Africa have a mobile money account compared to 2% globally. There aren't going to be many high street banks around. So True. they yeah. needs must. They yeah, need yeah. another way of managing their money. So let's blow your mind with another mega trend, the shift in global economic power. Oh, if I'm not out of my depth on the other ones, I'm completely out of my depth on this. <laughs> so th- there's been a lot of talk about emerging economies. And I-, I think there's so much happening at the moment in terms of commodity prices, energy prices, massive shifts in power that there there is well clearly it's talked about economic power yeah uh, you, you don't like this one then no well it's it's because i it just i sense a big sigh coming no from no heaven. no it's not that it, it's it's because i think you know it's not just about the economy is it it's about politics it's about um it's not just economic power. They're all so closely linked, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Um, if we, if it was as simple as, you know, what have we got? What can we, you know, what can we sell? Um, who's going to buy it? That would be that would be one thing. Okay. But it's... Let's go to a picture then. So on the PwC article, uh, it talks about India um, yeah. replacing US as yeah. the world's second largest economy by 2050. So China being the biggest, yep. India second, US not to third place. But... Go on. <laughs> I'm more... That, so when I see that, I'm like, right, okay. But who's in fourth place? Is the USA in decline or is it that people are overtaking 
because they're getting better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so India has has become more buoyant. Yeah. Over the last few yeah. years, yeah. so you know it it could be that US is in decline and India's grown. I don't know, but I know that India's economy has grown over the last few years. Yeah. So, so what I'm interested in is. Is the USA standing still and people overtaking, or is the USA in decline and people are therefore able to to overtake? I don't know. No. I tell you what I do know is that we're showing up our, our immense lack of knowledge about global megatrends. Well, that's why, P- <laughs> yeah, that's why PwC It exists. is why, why the article is a really good one. <laughs> um, let's do the fifth one then, climate change and resource scarcity. Obviously, we've got a rising population. Uh, it's becoming more urban. And the demand for energy, food, water will increase. And the Earth's only got so much to give, mm. hasn't it? Yeah. We're going to be seeing the rise in temperatures, which have been well publicised, and also a depletion of natural resources. So, wow, what do we do? Well, and that's why COP26 exists, you know, to try and arrest this massive raping of the the resources on the planet mm. I mean, but yeah i sort of think oh you know when i'm dead you know you roll forward in eight years time, eight years years time. god don't but, say that so no but you know if you, if you roll forward 500 years you know what is this planet going to look like mm-hmm. i just can't well here's a date that um i i can confidently say i i won't be seeing I, how do you even say that 2100 2100 2100 Given all of these issues we've got with the changing climate, one of the infographics on here is about how rising sea levels are going to affect um, the population and the need to actually move away from submerged homes. And and they're estimating 150 to 200 million people will need to move. And that could be the... Come on, those people in the developed countries who are turning people away now because yeah. of war, yeah, yeah, maybe will the boot be on the other foot? It probably won't. Will it? It'll probably still be the, um, the those poor countries that we've already raped and pillaged. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and so twenty one hundred is okay. It's 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 far in the future by our standards, but it's not massively far in the future by the planet's standards. Um, but when you think so, that's that's to do with global warming. But another part of all of that then is coastal erosion. If you live in a country and there isn't, you've depleted all of your reserves in terms of heat, etc. What you know, that's barren. You're going to move not because of water necessarily, but because of there's nothing left. There's nothing, nothing left. Yeah. Okay, so that's a fairly depressing picture. You've mentioned being dead a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> so global megatrends, sort of. Um, yeah, we, we lack the depth of knowledge on it. But what I think is important is, at the very least, recognising that there are these mega trends. They are affecting um, business, they're affecting society. And if you're planning ahead, maybe not to 2100, but, you know, even a few years, uh, you know, 2030 was one that was mentioned. Yeah, so yeah. You, you might want to just be bearing in mind the trends, the global mega trends. You can drill down, you can find out what the mega trends for UK are, you know, of a specific region. So I think it's really important to just be aware of these, even if you don't, like us, have know very in-depth them. knowledge on it. Right. Well, thank you for bringing this report to my attention and for highlighting how little I know about anything. 
Let's okay. move on to something else. Yes, let, let's move on to something where I felt uh, a lot more comfortable, and that was digging into a website that's offering loads of resources and advice and articles about business. This is one that um, you stumbled across, and it, it was an amazing find. And as I was looking at it, I was thinking, why, why have I never found this before? What's going on here? So this is the British Library. Um, I think we started looking at the British Library, didn't we, just to see what resources were there. And then um, we discovered that it's got this whole section for business support. Yes. And it's called um, the Business and IP Centre. And so if you go to bl.uk, as in British Library, .uk, and you go to their main page and it's one of the menu options. And in if you click on the business support page, it takes you to the Business and IP Centre and there's a section on training and advice which has got um, lists of workshops and events, webinars, uh, advice clinics. Uh, it talks about the different support centres in, in different regions. Uh, a whole section on information and resources, which I absolutely loved. It's got um, databases and publications and IP guides. There's a business and management portal. There's a research service. And do you know what it put me in mind of, Heather? Do you remember... Um, a few years ago, we, we used to have regular contact um, with Business Line in Wrexham. Oh, yeah. And Gareth, Gareth there was amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is like a British Library version of what Gareth was doing. And I was thinking maybe they just pinched the idea off Gareth and they've put it in the British <laughs> Library. And, and now now it's, you know, all singing, all dancing. So, yeah, there's articles in here and, and there's um, links to lots of other resources and support. And I, thought, I was blown away with the actual, um, the quality and the amount of resource that was freely available. Um, so um, on the databases and publications section, there's over £5 million worth of current market reports from the likes of Mintel, Frost and Sullivan. And we've talked about that with uh, Business Line, haven't we? Business Line can get hold of um this these research reports yeah, yeah um and they can do it at the british library too um there's industry guides and ip guides and like i say if you want somebody to do the research for you that service isn't free you can pay the experts to do it but actually if you compare how long it might take you oh, to, to do the research think about where you need to start giving that job to somebody yeah. who's an expert in research it might, might pay dividends to actually uh, splash out some cash on that. So I, I had a quick look at some of the blog posts. They all look really relevant. So um, small business resolutions for 2022, um, shop local this festive season, celebrating startups in London libraries. And then the publications, enabling or requiring hydrogen-ready industrial boiler equipment. Okay. If, if you have a need for hydrogen-ready industrial boiler equipment, there's a publication there for you. <laughs> and if you don't know if you do, you can find out. <laughs> yeah, des designing a climate-compatible uh, checkpoint for the future. Wow, okay. Um, I, I must have clicked on something to do with climate change in that particular bit. There's a section on management thinkers, and it talks about influential writers on management, mm -hmm. so I... But Mark, that thinking, well, maybe we can have a look at some of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trends. <laughs> maybe mega, we should read a bit more trends, about this. Yeah. Economic, social, and technology. These are just trends, trends, so they might be not easier mega to. Mega trends, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and, and presumably that, that will be a bit more UK focused section on management and leadership, one on small business. And to cap it all, there's free webinars as well. I think they used to do quite a bit of face to face stuff, but presumably gone uh, to a lot more webinars. So there's things like getting that product to market, innovating for growth, how to tell your brand story and sell more. That looked really interesting. I clicked on that one. Uh, it's very good. There's a webinar um, for an inventors club. And then they, they've got a national network. So I had a look at what's available in Liverpool. And if you go to um, Liverpool Centre, there's inter intellectual property advice and support, um, workshops by partners, um, entrepreneur in residence drop-in clinics. Oh. Would you like to be an entrepreneur in residence? Oh. And then there's regional centres within Liverpool. So um, you've got Allerton Library, Birkenhead Central Library, Crosbury Library, Highton Library, Spello and St Helens Libraries. So I, I was just, yeah, I was dead chuffed to, to have found that and I thought this is definitely going on my bookmark. Yeah, I think um, you raised a, a really valid point that once, so once upon a time, unless you had a centre fairly locally, it would be really difficult to access a load of this stuff. But with so much being online and, you know, webinars, etc., being accessible, it wouldn't, you wouldn't need to be face to face. So that makes it, that makes it um, really appealing. But of course, they talk about some of the really in-depth stuff that you've mentioned, but they also talk about, you know, starting a business. So, you know, planning your startup, um, business plan, frequently asked questions, you know, do I need a business plan? How long should it be? These are things that so many people, are, they start off with an idea and they think, okay, um, everybody says I need a business plan. And you're kind of like... What is that? What you go and look for a template? Yeah. What yeah. is what even is that? Whereas this really gets into, you know, okay, you need to do some research. You know, how do you sample? How do you build the evidence? Do your market research? Um, your costings, all of those things. How your min minimum viable product, all of that sort of stuff, which you might not even know about at the get go. So it it really, I think it's really comprehensive, and you're going to end up with something that actually works for you rather than, like, here we go, should I hire someone to write my business plan? Well, yeah, you can do, but actually it's got to come out of your head because you've got to know, you know, what it, what it is. If you've had the idea, um, you've, you've got to be the one that shapes it. So, um, so I thought that was really, I thought that was really interesting. So you can go to the website. Yeah. Where is bl.uk, um, but they're also all over social media. So they've got a Facebook page, Business and IP Centre, um, they've got Twitter, BIPC, which stands for Business IP Centre, BIPC. And they've got a YouTube channel, which has got a load of good videos on there. So BIPC TV. And they're also on Instagram as well. So Business and IP Centre, all spelt out, Business and IP Centre. So take a look at it. Um, there's loads in there that appeal to everybody. But you found something else sort of by mistake when you were going back to yeah to i do got myself lost yeah so I, after we looked at it originally i'd seen the british library website and you can quite clearly see it's branded british library um top left there's the red british library sign that you don't recognize and then i thought oh i i, I couldn't remember what the website was so i just um typed in google british library business and ip center and 
right at the top was this website and it looked like it was um, absolutely the British Library website. It looked slightly different to what I'd seen. And it turns out it was actually a membership organisation that has got links with the British Library Business and IP Centre. Okay. And it is actually listed on the bl.uk website as being a support organisation. So it's bona fide, it's... Yeah, yeah and I've checked yeah. it out. I've done... I've checked out reviews and I've checked out professional accountants talking about whether you should be a member of it. But it's very different. And I felt quite... Um, misled a little bit in that it was so prominent and the words about the British Library Business and IP Centre that that was so prominent it was at the top of the list and it refers to it a number of different times clearly it works because it gets people to their website but then I was thinking oh so is is the British Library a paid for membership I got a little bit confused maybe I was having a bad day um and it is a not-for-profit association, a bit like the FSB, and it's dedicated to the self-employed. And there's loads of benefits um, for being a member. Membership starts at £9 a month, up to £31 a month. Um, and, and there's all sorts of tools and support for um, contractors and self-employed people. And um, I notice there's jury service cover in the... Mm. Um, in the plus option. Yeah, tax investigation cover, yeah, illness yeah. and injury cover. Um, there's even access to a group pension, um, fa- contract failure cover. So there's a number yeah. of different things on there. And I've, I found it referred to on a couple of accountants' websites saying, you know, the, these are actually quite useful support organisation for um, self-employed people and independent professionals. But... It wasn't the British Library. Wow. So I, I actually went down there. I was like, oh, I got I got myself confused. But it sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a really Great interesting organisation. Yeah. 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 So that was IPSE, 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 yeah, IPSE. Um, uk. And if you are self-employed or an independent professional, it, it's worth checking that out anyway. And I'm guessing what they, they've got listed on the... British Library website as being a support organisation like the FSB, which is also listed. And also maybe they're one of the partner organisations that runs some of the events. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's perhaps where the, they've got the a, crossover They've came. got a, a database of businesses that may be interested. So it's sharing those results. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. A true partnership. One would hope. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. But take a look at the British Library Business and IP Centre if you're doing some research for something or you're just wondering where, you know, is there a little bit of information that can help you with this, going to these sorts of free resources, it's a really good place to start. Well, and also, if you are the sort of business that writes a blog, huge resource of ideas, isn't it? Not for you yeah. to plagiarise stuff, but you go, yeah, oh, don't is that actually a thing? Oh, because they'll be very topical and up-to-date. On to our profile this week of... Um, a man who, <laughs> in our household, um, has m- mixed appeal. All right. Yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking going to buy you a noiseless chair. A noiseless chair. Oh, yeah, it's adding to the atmosphere. I know, I know. It's it's all going really well this week, I think. Don't you? <laughs> sort of like, I think we should submit this one for uh, to the BBC. <laughs> I think it just it added background so it shout, sounds <laughs> sure that it's Easy real. For you to say. Yeah. 
So tell me about the mixed appeal for Keith Brimer Jones. Keith Brimer Jones. Okay, so people who um, watch TV will probably come across the Great Pottery Throwdown, which is yeah. yet another of these I love make it. stuff. Yeah, I don't. I, I quite enjoy the program, and I don't dislike this guy Keith, but. I can't be doing with the crying every time somebody's <laughs> done something Oh, nice. I love it. See, like, I, it's like Marmite, isn't it? I, I actually love that passion. And um, if I see him cry, I'm fascinated that you often see the people around him tear up as well, and I tear up. And I just, what I get is it, that's from passion. He's he's spotted something. He thinks it's beautiful. But and it it's happens, really touched him. It happens so quickly. It happens so quickly. Just because you're dead inside, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you the reason why um, I thought he would be interesting to to look at, to to profile? It's because um, Stuart and I were up on Anglesey at Beaumaris and we went into a shop. There were a load of mugs and pottery for sale. And Stuart said, that's that's his stuff. And I went, oh, because I quite like that stuff. I've seen it in various places. So then I thought, oh, okay, I quite like his work. Um, and the fact that he has rude words on some of his mugs yeah. um, added to the appeal. Okay, so it's the rude words on mugs that Well, no, I just you. thought, well, okay, he's, he's obviously um, a real person in some way, shape or form. Anybody <laughs> who can make mugs with some of those words on. Um, anywho. Yeah, so um, let, let's go into a bit of detail. So Keith has got his own website, keithbrimerjones.com. And if you go to About Keith on their website, it will tell you that he was born and bred Londoner and a potter by trade. And the first bit of pottery he ever made was a, an owl when he was 11 years old and... That was it. There was no looking back. He decided at that point he wanted to be a potter. Now, I should hasten to add that I don't think now is the place for us to be giving his potted life story. Um, Because um, within a week, his um, autobiography is coming out. Yes. And what did you find? You sent me a link. Here we go. Yeah. He's tour. No, he's doing a webinar, isn't he? Or a... Yeah, he's he's doing um, like a um, what they've done a lot of authors over the last couple of years is they've done their book tours, not Virtually, in actual in, yeah, um, yeah yeah in face to face. So he is doing one. It's actually on a. I would have liked to have heard him, but it's on a Saturday night, and I'm at a birthday party that night. I never go anywhere really or do very much. <laughs> and then suddenly, suddenly, yeah, it's on the one night that I'm going out. So he's he's doing um, this virtual book tour um, to promote his book, Boy in a China Shop. And that should be available from the 3rd of February, which, if I'm right, is next, next Thursday. Yeah. Um, so if you go and have a look at his website, it'll tell you a bit about him. So... Um, 25 years ago, he developed those mugs that you're talking about, the, the word, word range. Yes. And yeah. I, I feel a little bit proud in that probably about 20 years ago, I bought some for my mother-in-law. Oh, you were ahead of the game. Oh. Mind you, you're from the pottery, aren't you? So surely you... I'm attracted to a nice bit of pottery, me. Uh, yeah, so I, I spotted these and, and I bought some with some Welsh words on for oh. um, my mother-in-law. One said coffee and Welsh one said tea, paned coffee. 
Very nice. Um, and yeah, so I'm a trailblazer there with the word range. Uh, I think the word range has moved on a pace since then. It has somewhat. Because yeah. it has the C word on it, it has the F word on it. I wouldn't have bought them for my mother in law. Has the S word on it? No. <laughs> Pan Ed and coffee felt okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I bought a, um, a mug for my friend Dawn, which says milk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I was going through a phase of buying things that are bleeding and obvious. Yeah. This is a coffee cup. This is a tea cup. This is, this a... is a milk jug. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes <laughs> obvious is, is necessary. Uh, I was attracted to one that had WTF on it, which seemed to just sum up. I think it might sum up this show, actually. <laughs> so if you read the blurb of his book, and something that I hadn't picked up on reading any of his um, little autobiographies and various um design pages or indeed his own page says he used to be a ballet dancer and was also a singer in a punk band i mean yeah what's all that about well we'll find out in the book won't we um and he's uh he's uh he dressed up as adele to make a youtube video so it, it sounds to me and from having read his blog that I think he tells a really good story. Okay. So if he's writes his own blog, because you don't always know, do you? Yeah. Um, but if he does, um, then and that's a you know a shape of things to come. Then the book is going to tell us a few really interesting stories. Um, so he says it's his pottery life with some very loud music and some pretty good dancing. A lot of throwing, fettling, and firing which are pottery terms, Heather, and a good dose of anxiety. Okay, well, well, we'll, we'll find out more. I noticed that you've got his company's house entry. Yeah, so just one appointment on company's house, and that's an organisation called Make International. Um, don't appear to... It's a collaboration um, with a number of other makers. Uh, they don't appear be a massive organisation uh, to make a great deal of money so I'm right. not quite sure um, what the arrangements are there you, you can't always tell from just looking at the face of the accounts kind no. of no. you know the structure might be different um, and he has also got his own business as well what I was particularly interested in was where he makes his pottery and this is quite contentious Oops. so if you um if you want to read a really interesting article, see if I can find Hype Design London. Uh, they've got a really nice blog there with um, some facts about Keith. So starts off with who's his wife. Okay. <laughs> so his wife is um, Marjorie Hogarth, who works in the theatre, um, and talks about his crying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And what makes him cry? It, it does mention that he's been seen to cry a lot, and he just says it. It's he it just gets moved to tears when it, you know he sees something that he likes. Um, why are the mugs so popular? Blah blah blah. What collaborations has he done? Now this is the bit I honed in on. Uh, why are the mugs made in China and not the UK? Ooh. And apparently, it's one that, a big complaint from customers is they think because he's based in the UK, yeah, and they think you know they see him throwing pots on pottery throwdown yeah. that he makes all of those mugs. He's just sitting there like day, day in, day yeah, out. twenty-four-seven yeah. making mugs. So I suppose the first thing is 
Well, of course, he isn't making all of those mugs. Yes. Um, but then the expectation is that perhaps he should be having them made in the UK. Coming from so content, I find it really hard to want to buy pottery that's not made in so content. Okay. But I can understand why companies do it. Um, and he, he talks about the fact that, um, for him, China, the clues in the name, is yeah. where pottery came from. And they said, you know, that the, the craftsmanship in China, their ability to make China is second to none. I have a sneaking concern that, companies that do have their stuff made in china is it about the cost is it really uh, he makes a good case for here for it, them that being the best production that they've refined and honed their craft but is it about the cost well well when you see how much the mugs are sold for i suppose it's hard to to gauge they're not expensive mugs are they to no, be fair no, no. but yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I suppose it's, we assume that everything made in China is made in substandard working conditions. It is entirely possible that they are made in China um, and they're yeah. made in a, you know. And he has, uh, in, in a number of other articles, I think there was a blog article on his website where he talked about when he goes to China. So he does go there yeah. and to see it being made, you know, it's got, it's essentially got his name on it, not literally, because yes. there are yeah, other yeah, words yeah. on there. But, it, you know, it's it's his product, his business, yeah. his name behind it. So you would think he would go there and see, and, and he does check on the standards. Um, so one would assume that he's doing it with the best of intentions. Uh, in this article, he says here um, that um, he's having ceramics produced at its birthplace. <laughs> China, yeah. where it all began. And so for him, he says it's a no-brainer. He says he, he might be different if he was making clothing or cuddly toys or mobile phones. He doesn't know. Yeah, and we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but that is quite a nice um, uh, way of backfilling us. Yeah, and he, he's, he hasn't sidestepped the issue. He hasn't said it's nobody's business. No. He's actually gone to the effort of... You know, writing blogs about it, talking about why he's made that decision, and so fair dues. And that potentially made me feel a little uh, more comfortable about buying things from China if I know that, you know, it's not There's just to exploit the workforce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad because I wouldn't want you lying awake at night worrying about me, China. Why, why he's not I making can't them. buy any more China. My cupboards are all full. <laughs> Well, books and china my house is full of books it. and glasses my house is full of this <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so that's keith brimer jones um judge on the great british great pottery throwdown. great pottery throwdown um maybe i'll i don't know maybe i'll be a bit less harsh on him about his crying well you're harsh on me i dry, cry at the you, drop of you that cry at the drop i think it's because he's worse than me isn't he Oh yeah. yeah, well he cries every but I half cry, an hour. I cry watching him cry. Well, I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, it's it's the whole. I don't cry much anyway, and I certainly don't cry through joy. Hang on, Lister. I'm just going to punch her on the nose and see if she cries. <laughs> <laughs> Do you cry through pain? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, yeah, it's uh, 
Now, as a fellow squeal, as a fellow emotional crier, uh, that I can get triggered to cry if I'm happy or if I'm sad. Or it's just yeah. And then I side with Keith, and I like his pottery too. So I, I'm, I think I might even buy his book. And we still haven't come up with an outro, so shall we just say goodbye? Thanks very much. Yeah, sorry about sorry about everything. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>